Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by a special guest. Jade is the founder of Strategize with Creativity, a business focused on aligned marketing. With her heart-centered approach, she helps passionate entrepreneurs market their businesses authentically and with integrity. And I was just telling Jade before we started that I feel like everything we do in terms of marketing and the way we think about it is pretty aligned. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I've been following it for some time and it's like, it feels surreal almost that I'm here. <laughs> <about the guest. laughs> That's awesome. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, I know this is going to be a really good episode. So for anyone listening who maybe doesn't know you, did you want to share a little bit more about you, your story, kind of how you got started in this business and what you're doing now? Yeah. So actually, when I first started, I did not think this was ever going to be a business. I just wanted a job. I wanted to be a freelancer. I wanted to work at my own pace. I wanted to be able to, you know, respect myself, right? Because when you work in like a nine to five, I mean, you don't know who your boss is going to be. You don't know who your colleagues are going to be. And in my experience, it was very hard to have accommodations for, you know, either neurodivergence or even just chronic illness. It's like, we would be banned from going to the bathroom. Like it was just ridiculous. And at that point I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not staying in corporate. Um, I need to have, you know, my own work so that I can, you know, eat when I need to, and I can go to the bathroom when I need to. And I can, you know, like if I have a really bad day and I wake up at like 10 AM instead of 8 AM, it doesn't matter. Right. Because I can just do my work later on and I can just adapt. Right. So I wanted that kind of freedom um, with myself. And that was the only way to do it that I saw of. And so I was just intending on freelancing, you know, doing some virtual services, because that was the first thing I thought of doing since I had, you know, experience in like admin stuff. And then I realized that all my clients wanted marketing, right? Um, they were asking for designs on Canva, they were asking for websites to be designed. And I quickly learned that that's not typically what a virtual assistant, like a general virtual assistant is for, but that was what most of my clients wanted. And, you know, I really love that kind of stuff. I always loved doing design before. I just never thought of it like, oh, I could use that <laughs> for work. And so that's how it came to be when I realized that so many people um, needed help with marketing, more specifically, just changing their strategy, because a lot of my clients were like, oh, could you write this email and say in it that there's only two spots left? And I was like, but I know there's more because I'm on the back end now. And I was like, there's like 10 spots left. And they're like, yeah, but my marketing director or my marketing this and that said that I should put that there's only two spots left, even though there's 10. And I was like, okay, are you sure you feel good about that? And they're like, no, I hate that. I don't want to lie to my people, but like, apparently that's the thing to do. And it was this kind of narrative that came up all of the time with my clients, everyone was kind of the same, the same thing. Like they were like, oh, well, I was told to do this or I have to do this. I don't feel good about it, but 
like what else is there, right? And that's a narrative that just came up more and more as I came to work with new clients. And I was like, okay, so there needs to be more marketers out there who do strategies, who do not involve lying or manipulative tactics or, you know, what some people now call like cell psychology or neuromarketing. I mean, there are ways to do it in a way that, you know, is ethical and good. But most of the time, you know, I see these tactics that are just, I don't know, they're just, to me, they're outdated. I don't see the, I mean, I don't, I never saw the point in them. I remember when I was a child and I would watch these ads and then I would get the toy and then the toy was not as advertised. And I was like, how dare they lie to me? And I was so (laughs) mad. Even as a child, I was so tired of marketing tactics that just don't feel good. And so yeah, when I I didn't realize that it was so needed because so many of my clients who were heart-centered were just like, I don't want to do this. I don't like doing this, but they don't know what else to do. So I thought I would just join, you know, the movement of doing authentic marketing. And um, I called it Align just because I actually attended a workshop about like being aligned in your life. Like it had nothing to do with business or marketing even, but I was like, why don't we do that for marketing? Why don't we do marketing that feel good for us that actually gives value and that we feel proud of, right? Because so many people will be proud of their business, but then they think about their marketing and they're a bit ached by it because they're like, yeah, I had to do this or I had to say that, or I felt like I had to put the countdown there because everyone is putting a countdown, even though there's like nothing to count down to. And so, yeah, I wanted to help people just feel good about it so that they look at their marketing and they're like, I'm so proud of this. I am so proud of my marketing. I'm so proud of my business and I'm happy with it because at the end of the day, if you're creating a business to be more successful or be more free or be more like financially stable or anything like that, that's not going to happen if you hate your marketing from beginning to end because it's just not aligned with who you are. So that's where the alignment piece came in for me. But it's really all about, you know, alignment, authenticity, integrity, and just feeling good, like feel good marketing because there's so much marketing out there that just does not feel good for so many people. And it's not necessary because now we have so many options. It's not like, Back in the day, you know, you had to put your stuff on a billboard and hope that the cars see it, right? There's now there's just so many options and so many things that you can do for people who have high energy, people who have low energy, people who love video, people who hate video, and they want to do something else. There's just so many options. And so that's what this is all about. I was really inspired by my clients who just like, they they didn't need a solution that they just didn't know where to find it. I love that. Yeah, so much of the like marketing strategy or things out there is all about like, you need scarcity to sell, but then, you know, if it's not even just fault scarcity, but if it's like unneeded, like there's actually no limit. So why do you need this timer <laughs> just to push sales? Like, yeah, that kind of feels a little icky to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it's it's needed in the sense that like, you know, you're starting a group program, it starts on August 1st, and you want your people to know like, hey, if you want to sign up, like in September, I mean, the group will already have started, you'll have to wait until, you know, I'm doing it again in January, or like whenever date you're starting again. So like, in those cases, it's like, I feel like that's where countdown started, because it was like legitimate, you wanted people to know that, yeah, it's going to end that date, make sure that if you want to join, you have until XYZ amount of date to join. And so I feel like other people just saw that and was like, okay, I'm going to apply it to everything when it's like, if it's an evergreen offer, <laughs> why are you putting it down? And so I feel like it's just like some of these tactics started out just to do good. You wanted people to know this offer is going to expire because it starts on August 1st and you cannot join after that because it already has started. It's a group program and you can't just jump in at week eight out of 12 weeks. Right. And so mm-hmm. in those it makes sense. 
But it's because so many of these tactics are taken kind of out of context and then applied to offers that just it doesn't make sense. It's kind of like saying that there's a workshop that's going to be live, but it's actually a recording. And like they pretend they're live and they put like a fake chat. Oh, I hated those. (laughs) And I don't get why, because personally, I love recordings. I can speed it up. I can pause it if I want to. I can do like I can do it at my own pace. I love recordings. To me, there's nothing wrong with saying there's a recording. If you're saying that there's something live, to me, the upside of that is that I can actually ask questions. If I can't ask questions and talk to the other people there, what's the point of it being alive? Because if it's like a fake life, I can't speed it up. I can't pause mm-hmm. it. I can't do any of that. Right. And it's so I don't I don't know why like these people just use these tactics when it's just it's not necessary because a lot of people will love recordings because you again, you can speed it up. You can pause it. You can do it at your own pace. There's something great about going live, but if it's not a real live, you're not getting those perks. And so I feel like it's just, it's kind of like with everything, you know, like most tools are not bad in themselves. It's how we use it and our mindset around it. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I just had a flashback to like, I, I used to see those um, webinars where it was like, you know, it's, it's live, join me live, Um, just choose your date and time. And it was like, every single day you look at it, it's like 11 a.m., 2 p.m., 7 p.m. And I'm like, you're not going live three times a day. This is totally icky. Like even the thought of, you know, if somebody believed that and thought that they were on live and is like typing a question and it's not, it's like getting ignored because it's not live. Like that doesn't make people feel good anyway. Yeah, I I never saw the point in that because people are going to realize like more and more people are aware and it's it's just not a sustainable, you know, strategy because yeah, sometimes it might work if you go with FOMO or scarcity or urgency of some type that is not real and it's just created for the sake of selling the offer. It might work in the short term, but long term, it's not going to work. And everyone who is in marketing knows that the best way to be sustainable is when you keep the same customers and they keep buying from you. It's much harder to get new customers than it is to sell something useful to the customers you already have. So if you're not getting a good relationship with your customers or clients because you're lying to them, they're not going to keep buying from you. They're not like it's just it's not even from an economic standpoint, it's not sustainable. So from an ethical standpoint, it's like, of course, like to me, I'm just like, I would not do that just purely for the ethical point, but for people who like don't um, value ethical standpoints so much and value more the economic side of it, it's still not sustainable. So I literally, I do not get it. I feel like people are too, you know, they they check their short-term results and they're like, oh my God, I got great results. So I'm just going to continue. But in the long term, it's just not going to work out. I've seen so many coaches who like they, they grew to seven figures and then they kind of crashed because they kept lying to their clients and customers and then people would stop buying and then they would tell other people, right? Because if you have a really bad experience, you're going to go tell your friends. And so that that's like what happens if it's not even about like Google reviews or anything like that. It's just like people are going to talk to each other and they're going to be like, hey, like I work with this person and it was awful. They took all my money and they kicked me out of the program because sometimes they do that. And they're like, well, legally we can because it's in our contract. Is there are little terms and conditions that no one reads, right? And they're like, well, it, we can legally do that. Yeah, but people are going to talk to each other and then you're losing potential clients if you had just been, you know, honest um, in mm-hmm. your marketing. Because there's so many ways, right, that we can create excitement in our marketing without resorting to those tactics. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for everyone listening who's like, yeah, I've been doing marketing. I can resonate with this. I feel a little ick about some of the things that I've been doing because I felt like I had to do them and had no other um, path to market. 
What is the best way to get started on a more aligned marketing journey? So the first thing I always say is, you know, don't feel shame or embarrassment because it happened to a lot of us. A lot of people I know, even myself, I remember like I never sent the email in the end, but I remember like writing an email that had like a lot of creative scarcity because I was like taught by my coach to do so. And I never ended up sending it, but I could have very well sent it. Right. And it's just, you have to give yourself some grace here that you were following advice you thought was legitimate. And it's better to just, you know, let go of that past. Like, even if it's like, all you did was just put a fake count on somewhere. It's like, it's whatever. Like, as long as you realize now that you don't want to do this anymore, that's what's important. So just don't fall, you know, into the trap of like, oh, was I a bad person because I did this and that and this and that. Like, at the end of the day, it's all about, it's a journey, right? And now you're realizing that you want to do something better for yourself and for your customers slash clients. So that's what's most important. So the first thing is to really just kind of let go of whatever happened, whatever you learned in the past, whatever you did, you know, that doesn't feel good to you. Like you've learned from it now, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is to start asking yourself some questions. I used to call them journaling like questions because a lot of people like to journal, but I don't like to journal with pen and paper because I have um, a lot of trembling in my hands. And so I can't really write properly. So I always thought when people were talking about journaling, like, oh, I can't do that because I can't journal like the way it was kind of done before. But you don't have to journal with pen and paper. You can journal on a computer. You can talk it out. You can brainstorm with someone else. The goal is really to reflect. Just ask yourself some questions about what feels good and what doesn't, right? And that's just the first start is reviewing your own marketing. Pretend you are someone who's just like opting to your email list and do do it actually, like opt into your email list with some bogus email that you have <laughs> or your own email if you're not on your own list. And I would actually suggest that you are on your own list so you see your emails when they to make sure they got delivered, but that's something completely different. Just make sure you're on your list. Get Go through your automations. Is there anything that if you were a customer about to buy something, is there anything you don't feel good about? And if there is something you don't feel good about, that's a good sign that you should probably get rid of it. Look also at other people and their marketing. Look at the people you've subscribed to. Um, look at the people you see, like their funnels or their landing pages or website. Look at what feels good and what doesn't. If you see something, you're like, I love that this person, this, this, and that. That's a good sign that this is something that you should probably also incorporate in your marketing if it's aligned, right? If you're like, I love how this person writes blogs every week. I love the content in it. I love how great it is. I love to write myself. So why not write a blog, right? So look at what other people are doing and what feels good, what uh, doesn't. I mean, that one of, one of the main things that told me what I didn't like was actually when I would opt in someone's email list and then I would see the tactics in my inbox and I would be like, oh no, I don't like this. And then I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I like this. I don't like this as a consumer. Therefore, I will not do this to my own people, right? And so that's the first starting point to just kind of see what you don't like because sometimes it can be hard to find what you like. It is easier to find what you don't like. So if you can cross off some of the things that you're like, I don't like when people do that, then that's a good sign. Don't do it like in your own marketing. Then when you want to look into what you actually like doing, it's about thinking of your own strengths, right? So if you know you're someone who really loves to write, then I would not suggest to go hop on Reels or TikToks because that's going to be harder for you unless you also really love to do videos but it's really about find the thing you really love doing and then kind of zone in on that uh, because it's going to make your marketing much 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 easier to make sure that it's really aligned with who you are because there's so many strategies out there now there's so many strategies 
if you want to do email marketing, you will find a bunch of people who do amazing things that you can, you know, get help from. If you want to do blogs, same thing. If you want to do TikToks, same thing. It doesn't matter what you want to be doing. There will be experts out there who can help you to really navigate that. And in so many different ways, if you're someone who loves to learn from courses, there are a ton of courses. If you're someone who loves to go through PDFs and workbooks, there are a ton of them, right? There are so many things that are out there to help you now because there's just so many strategies and so many experts out there who do amazing work. It's all about just finding that one thing you want to be doing and then kind of diving into it, right? And forgetting, you know, like the people who are like, you need to do this, otherwise you won't be successful. Like you need to have um, an email list, otherwise you won't be successful. I am someone who loves email marketing the most. It is my favorite way of doing marketing. And I will still say that if you hate writing emails, do not go into email marketing. Because if you're not, if you don't know what you want to be writing about, you don't see the value in emails because you're just not someone who reads emails. You're going to have a very hard time to have a good experience with email marketing, right? It's really good to have a list for like so, so, so many reasons. The main one being that if your social media account gets hacked, you still have (laughs) an audience Mm -hmm. somewhere. But when I first started doing my list, I spent a ton of money on like marketing softwares to have an email list that I was not nurturing. I was not reaching out to because I didn't know what to write about. At that time, I was not clear enough on what I wanted to do yet because I was still experimenting. I did not know what to write about. I hated email marketing. When I finally did it, when I was ready and I had something to talk about, I had an idea of what I wanted to do with my email marketing. Now I love it and it's my favorite thing. But I started just because everyone was like, if you don't have an email list, like you're screwed, like, and oh, like this kind of messaging everywhere and everywhere and everywhere. And it's true about anything. You go to like a lot of podcast gurus and they will say, if you don't have a podcast, you're doomed. If you don't have a TikTok, you're doomed. If you don't have a website, you're doomed. And it's like, it's like, they will all say that, um, those gurus, they will all say like their thing is the one thing that you need, but that's not true. If you're someone who would really love to have a podcast, you love listening to podcasts. You think podcast is like the amazing thing that's happening right now. It's helping you you want to do it, then do it. But if you're like, oh my God, the idea of having a podcast right now seems so daunting. It's so much work. And I would prefer just mm-hmm. like snippets here and there on like YouTube shorts or on TikTok, then, you know, go for that, right? Because there will be gurus for like literally anything that will tell you that this is the one thing, but that's not, that's not the case. It has to be aligned with who you are. So it's really about finding the one thing that you like. And if you don't like anything, because right now you've been trying a bunch of things, you're so demotivated, which happens to all of us and there's nothing that you seem to be liking, then it's going to be about removing the things you hate the most, first and foremost, so that you can regain that some of that energy and some of that passion that you had when you first started. And just think of what you like doing, you know, on your own spare time. You know, the reason why I realized like, oh, yeah, I would probably like doing email and I would probably like doing blogs is that I actually am a fiction writer. I love to write fiction. Of course, this is nonfiction when you dive into email marketing and stuff, but it still uses some of the skills that you need when you write fiction books, which is like storytelling or conversational, the way you kind of, I really love dialogue. Like when I write my fiction book descriptions, that is not me. I am all about dialogue. I'm all about action. I'm all about conversations and moving. So I utilize that in my email marketing and my email marketing and even my blogs and my posts and anything I do is very conversational in itself. And I use those skills. And that's how I figured out like, yeah, I should do that instead instead of forcing myself to do like reels, which I love to consume them. I love seeing reels. I love doing like seeing TikToks, but doing them myself. Oh, no. It's like I get I get such an ache. I cannot deal with it. Like I look at myself in them and I'm like, that is so not me. I don't know who this is. I <laughs> like, know. I'm, I've like, been no, there. <laughs> right. It's really like that. So it's about finding, you know, like what are your strengths and just kind of going with that and doing something that you actually like doing. Because people will feel that energy, right? If you hate what you're doing, no matter how good it is, people are gonna be like, 
they're going to feel the energy around it and they're not going to like it because you know how everyone is like, oh, static posts are dead. Reels is where it's at on Instagram and et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, I mean, I've tested it out. My Reels did not perform well because I hated them. My mm-hmm. static performed extremely well because I love them. <laughs> um, and so that's not like, you know, sometimes you might do like something that you don't like and it's popular. So that can happen, of course. But like the general rule of thumb is that if you really don't like something, it's not going to take you as far as something that you actually love doing. Yeah. And if it's something that you really don't like doing, it's probably like you're not going to get the results you want. And it's probably depleting a lot of your energy and creativity because you just don't like it. You're forcing yourself. Yeah. And it's not sustainable. You will burn out. I mean, because right now I have like, I do not like Instagram right now. I just, I mean, I do not like it as a consumer and as a creator. I used to love it, but like so many changes happened. And I was like, the vibe there is so curated and perfect now. And I mean, I love a good design. Like for real, I love graphic design. I am obsessed with graphic design. I do that on my spare time. I do random designs all of the time. But the pressure to always look perfect is so rough. I've been hiding out on Facebook and threads because everyone is more chaotic there. But like on LinkedIn, for instance, everything also so curated. And I'm a strategist. I love strategy. But when there's too much strategy in every move you make, it can get really draining. And so that's why like, Instagram, I had to move away from it because I was forcing myself to be on there and it made me so burnt out. I had to like just kind of disappear from social media for like three months. That's not very useful for any business to disappear. When you come back, people are not mad at you or anything. Like I will say my audience was not like, oh my God, how dare you leave? Like no one, no one will do that. The algorithm though will not like you. <laughs> and I, I do not want to please the algorithm, but it's also like, It's sad if you worked super hard on something and it burned you out and then you're gone and then you have to start over again because the algorithm forgot you existed. So it's just not sustainable. It's not good. And like, I hear so many people who right now are kind of like tired of Instagram for that very reason. I mean, if you love Instagram and like it's working super well for you, like then perfect, stay there. But it's like the platforms, you know, you don't need to subscribe to one and just be like, I need to be there. No, because there's so many others, right? If you're like, I don't like the vibe of Facebook because of whatever reason you can go to LinkedIn or Instagram or there's so many places now. Like if you, you're like, Oh, I just want to like share my thoughts, go on threads. Um, I mean, although threads is like a hot topic right now because of the privacy concerns. So that's something you should check out definitely before you subscribe. Then again, no matter what social media you're on, it's like you're selling so much of your information and they're taking, and there's nothing you can do. You're waiving legal rights. Every time you buy anything I've started, one of my special interests now is to read terms and conditions. Um, it's horrifying. Everything, everywhere you go, <laughs> everywhere you go, the terms and condition, awful. But that, like, I could go on and on about that, and I won't. But yeah, make sure you check on that before you subscribe to something new. If that's something that, like, you know, you don't like, especially with threads, you cannot delete your threads account unless you delete your Instagram as well. So that's a bit shady. That's that's misaligned marketing, manipulative marketing again um, mm-hmm. with those, those places. But you see, like the point really is that if there's a place you don't like, you do not have to force yourself to be there because there will be a place where it's going to be much easier for you, right? If you're someone introverted and you're like, I don't want to talk to people, then be on Pinterest. People call it a social media, but really it's a search engine. Like most people mm-hmm. know this now, but some people still call it social media, which is like, no, because you're not talking much with other people. You're just posting your stuff. You're yeah, cute. there's no social piece to it. Like, yeah, there's messaging, but nobody uses that. Well, nobody <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a search engine. It's a pretty Google. That is what I, how I see it, right? It's a pretty mm-hmm. Google, like cute images and everything. And 
that's that. Like you can be there. And that's a very good search engine. If you're someone who's very visual, you have a lot of visual stuff to show. You know, it's really all about just finding that one place, that one strategy that is going to make it easier for you. Because the easier it is for you, the more content you can create, the more people you can reach. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. Like when I left Instagram in June of 2022, (laughs) um, so it's been over a year now and I keep, I still get people asking me like, oh, don't you miss it? Or, you know, didn't it affect your sales or your leads? And I'm like, no, it, that's when things kind of exploded because I went all in on what I loved. I went all in on email marketing. I went all in on blogging and Pinterest. And because those were always my top traffic sources, I was just trying to force myself to stay on Instagram because that's where everyone said you had to be. And it was just, it was so exhausting. And the only time I've logged into the app in probably the last six months was to join threads. (laughs) And I'm like, I do like threads right now. I feel like it's, it's fun. It's easy. It's not like curated photos. It's just like sharing you and it feels a little more authentic. And I'm hoping it doesn't like change too much, like a lot of other social media platforms and become something different, but I'm really loving what it is right now. Yeah, it's such a great vibe. I mean, after I was on threads, because I had been not really liking social media in a while, like all all types of social media, I had been avoiding most of it. Most of my content was repurposed content that like my team would do for me. Like they would take it from my email marketing and then they would just repurpose it for socials. Um, And even then I was just like looking at it. I was like, no, I don't want to be there. After I was on threads, I was like, my God, I love being here. Interesting. Why is that? And it's like, oh, it's because people are just more authentic there is not a lot of strategy because I mean, it just came out like people who are like, okay, here's the stress strategy. I'm like, girl, where did you test that strategy? <laughs> you need a little bit of data to say that yeah, exactly. this strategy is working. Strategy, exactly. Right. And I'm just like, okay, but like most people are just using it, you know, to kind of be themselves, be more authentic, connect, be more conversational, which is something I really love personally. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take that energy and bring it to Facebook because Facebook is more similar to trends let's say that like Instagram for instance um but even on my feed on Facebook I had to follow a bunch of people because it was like it was like my feed was ad after ad and I love a good ad like I love to see ads I think they're really pretty and like it's like aesthetically pleasing and like although I think it's a bit creepy that the algorithm knows me to that level I do Mm -hmm. like ads now because they it's actually things I want instead of like cars because I remember back in the day like they would show me ads to things that I'm like it's like stuff for babies which I mean I love children but I don't have them So I was like, why do I get all these ads for baby stuff or for car stuff or for this? I don't get that anymore. I get stuff that like they know me now. They know what I want and they show me what I want. And so like I like to see them because it's like something I would actually probably use. So it just gives me more like options. So I do like a good ad. But do I want to see an ad for my entire feed? No. And then most of the posts I would see, even if it wasn't an ad, it sounded like one. And it gets rough when you get pitched all of the time because as humans we love to buy things we love to buy things it's like compulsive shopping is a thing for a reason and so we do love to buy things we are not quite as in love with the idea of being sold to every all the time right we like it on our own terms and so if you're going on social media to be social and all you see is like everything just sounds like an ad and you're being pitched left and right it's hard to build connections that way because it's not natural. And you're not supposed to build a connection with an ad. You're supposed to look at it, be like, mm, this is something I want. Yes, no. 
either you move on or you buy it or you subscribe or you whatever like with an ad that's the goal of an ad the goal is not to converse like it's just to go there and then when you buy the stuff then you usually end up on an email list of some kind or in a facebook group that's where you do the conversation that's where you nurture that's where you do all of that right that's the main goal of the ads but when you all of your posts on your profile or your page just all sounds like an ad it's hard to have a conversation with an ad and so for me i was just like i cannot have conversations with anyone right now so why am i on socials i'm just here to getting cold dms like i don't i don't want that that's another thing i love about threads right now no cold dms how fun is that mm-hmm. cold dms are one thing you can just ignore them um i typically do that but then like they will kind of spam you afterwards and i'm like girl like did you not understand like when i left you on red like because i really don't like leaving people on red personally like it gives me anxiety because i'm like i don't want people to think i ignore them so when I do leave people on read, it is intentional. I am not intending to reply to those cold DMs, but yeah, like they will still spam you. And it was like, everything felt like a cold DM, like all over my feed. And I was like, I don't know how to connect with people that way. And I was just like, okay, then I'm just not going to connect, I guess, which sucks when you are a business owner who is a solopreneur. Like I do have a team. I do have some people who um, I work with, but it's not like I have a corporation with like a hundred employees or anything like that. So for me, when I was on threads and I got to connect with like a bunch of people I never spoke to who had been, cause like, you know, when you go on threads, all of your Instagram followers are going to follow you there. The people who go on threads anyway. And so I liked that immediately I had like a ton of followers I could like interact with. And I was already following a bunch of people. And so I got to actually speak to them. And I was like, that is so fun it is fun to connect with other humans. And like, I re-realized that because I had forgotten because of how social media was. So I really hope that threads will stay the way that it is. I don't know if it will. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I'm not sure what their angle is right now. Um, I mean, the angle for them is often like make money, but I'm not sure how they plan to monetize that platform yet. We'll see. Um, But it's really about like bringing that energy to all the other platforms because so many people I know who are such amazing like business owners, like, they are so tired of the curated content all of the time. And I mean, sometimes it's great. Like you want to post those pretty pictures and you want to post those pretty graphics and I love to see them, but it's when every time you want to show up, you have to do that. It's hard. It's kind of like, oh, you have to always put on your makeup or put on this or do like put on your outfit every time you want to go talk to people. That's exhausting. We sometimes just want to go and talk to people you know, like we got out of bed, we're in pajamas and we want to go like chill with people. Like we want to have that vibe and it's just about bringing that vibe wherever you go. Like I want to bring, like I'm bringing also that vibe, like just with my, with my email marketing, I just want to bring it everywhere because otherwise it's so, I don't know. It's so, it's so intense when every move you make is strategized. Like I think, I think having a strategy is very important. Having a plan is very important, but if every move you make in your business has to be strategized, it gets very draining, especially when it comes to human connections, because you cannot strategize human connections. People try with scripts and all that's just not like people feel like people people don't like it. We want to connect to other Mm -hmm. humans. We want to connect. And so you cannot strategize connection to that level. You can make a plan like, Hey, I'm going to be on social media for 30 minutes a day just so that I don't like overspend. Cause like, it's easy to scroll and just like do nothing. <laughs> like you can strategize like, okay, like I'm going to go in that group. I'm going to interact with other people. Yeah, you can do that. But like strategizing every word you're going to say, every post you're going to make gets very draining. And it's not, a, it's not a surprise that most people are like, I can't keep up with social media. You can't keep up because of the kind of unspoken rules about social media. But if you undo these rules and you just connect with other people, you're going to get so much better results. I would see people maybe a year ago who would post, you know, very uncurated things. Like it was like random, a bit chaotic. And 
as a strategist, I was like, my God, like they're really just kind of doing free for all something, something. Right. And they did well. They did better than my posts. And I was like, okay, interesting. When people on social media are more authentic, somehow they seem to do better. And that makes sense. Perfect sense. Because they're going to attract people who want that same thing. And then they can keep up with it. Because I was like, my God, they post multiple times a day. It takes everything in me to make one post a week. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. how do you post? But now that I've actually like brought the threads kind of mindset to Facebook, I've been able to post more and it doesn't take any of my energy. If anything, it energizes me, which I never thought I would say about social media. <laughs> but I am because it's just a mindset, right? Yeah. You just start from a place of just wanting to connect with people. If you have that in mind, wherever you go, when it involves other people like social media, networking and so on, and like summits or like live events of any kind, it's going to be so much easier. And you're going to just like connect with people more effortlessly and sales will follow. It's hard to think that they will, but they do. Most of my clients came from such random places. Like they did not come from my curated Instagram. Uh-uh, no way. They came from random places because they were like, oh my God, I saw you commented and you talked to this other person like in this Facebook group. Could we work together? Like I have people who had done that, who have come in my DMs to say that. And I was always so shocked. So I was like, what? They're like, oh, I saw you like at this networking event. And I thought what you said was interesting. Let's connect or let's collaborate or let's do whatever. I have had many more collaborations from those types of things as well as clients than from my Instagram. I've gotten maybe one client from Instagram to the whole time that I've been spending on Instagram um, just because people don't connect very well, at least in my experience. I know some people have like great, amazing things on Instagram, but like in my experience, it was like I got maybe like one or two people connecting to actually like collaborate or work together. Everyone else just like would send me scripts to sell something to me. Yeah. And I I mean, like I said, I do love to buy things. I love buying stuff. Like personally, like shopping energizes me, but only on my own terms. Not when someone is trying to sell something to me. And when I'm like, Hey, I don't think I need this. And they're like, no, you do need this. I'm like, you don't know me, girl. How how can you say, (laughs) how can you, how can you know that? Like if you're my best friend and you're like, Hey, I saw this thing and I really think you need it. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to listen to you more because you do know me, but these people do not know you. And like, it's such a wild claim that some marketers do that they think like they know everything about a person and that they absolutely need this, which is like, you don't know everything about that person. How Mm -hmm. how can you such a claim? To me, it's it's so wild. It's so wild that type of also like that type of marketing where it's like, sometimes I would talk to other business owners and they're like, oh my God, like my audience does not understand that they need this. And like, I know they need this. And I'm like, well... Are you sure you have the right audience then? Because if they really did need it and you were actually like delivering that value, you know, to the the way you're saying it, they would probably be buying. You might not just have the right audience. And to make these assumptions sometimes can be like really rough because you're like, my God, like, what am I doing wrong? But at some point it might just be because you've been so like stuck in your own business that you don't see the big picture which is that you might be attracting the wrong people because you've been doing these strategies that don't work for you. If you're someone who, you know, you really don't like doing video content and it drains you and you're on TikTok all the time because it's been working somehow. And you're like, why is no one buying my stuff on TikTok? Well, if you are someone who don't even like your TikTok and someone likes them, you're misaligned already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You need, that's why like, if you know, you're someone who's like, oh my God, I really love my TikToks. And then it's going to, people are actually, it's going to convert way more. You know, you might, if you don't like your TikToks and you're doing TikTok, you might get a lot of followers because they like your content, but it's not going to convert quite as easily. And even if it does, you already got someone who's misaligned with you versus if you were doing something, let's say, um, 
you know, you really, really love LinkedIn because you love how people talk, like, because they, they really, they, they write big comments. Like, that's one thing. Like, it's not just like, yay, congrats. No, no, no. They will want mm-hmm. a paragraph. Or an emoji. <laughs> Right. They they have read what you said. They will talk about what you like. And I really like that because I'm like, oh, my God, people actually read what I wrote. Love that. So mm-hmm. I do love that. People are like way serious about reading stuff. And if you really love doing that and you get to connect that way, then that connection is going to be much more aligned. Either it's for like, I don't know, client referral collaboration. So just, there's just so much more than just doing sales when it comes to social media or any type of marketing strategy. In fact, um, because if you make the right connections, that's usually where you will go further in the world. And that's true for like in and out of business. It's like most jobs that I've had was because I had a connection somewhere. Like I don't remember ever mm-hmm. doing a job interview and actually like the person never knew me, never knew of me, no connection anywhere. And I got the job. Like most of the time it's like I got the interview because someone knew someone and like, or I knew someone and it just kind of happened that way. And it's kind of similar that way. It's just about making the right connections. And you can't make those right connections if you're not being yourself because you're stuck on a platform or a strategy that's just not good for you. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love everything you're sharing. I'm just like sitting here nodding my head. <laughs> um, this is awesome. So I would love for you to share where everyone can connect with you. Like what is the best place? And we're going to have all the links in the show notes, but if this really resonated and somebody's like, oh my gosh, I need to speak with Jade for more. Um, where's the best place for them to get in touch? So um, the best place if you want to like talk would be Facebook because that's where I am most of the time. Like I have my messenger open always. So that's the best place to reach me. Um, My website also, if you go on my website um, and I can put the link as well there, it's like I have a link to book a a connection call. If you just want to talk, like it's not not a discovery call or like a sales call or like anything. It's just you want to connect, you want to learn more, you want to talk about potential collaborations or you know, you just want someone to talk to, like, that's where, that's what it is. Like, it's like a coffee chat, right? Like, you can call it meet and greet coffee chat, like connection call, but that's what this is so that you can connect there if you want to speak to me um, directly. Otherwise, like my inbox is always open um, on Facebook. I would say that, of course, I have other platforms like LinkedIn or like Instagram, but I do not respond to DMs quite as fast there because I'm just not as active. Um, My platform is really Facebook right now, just because it's the easiest for me specifically right now. See, but that's that's what I always say like right now because that will probably change because we evolve. We mm-hmm. evolve. It's thing. Like I used to love Instagram back in the day. Like that was my favorite place to be. I thought it was the thing. And I was like, I love this place. And then it kind of changed with all the updates and all the, the stuff with the algorithm that changed and like so much stuff changed. And I was like, okay, well, it's not for me anymore. And that's okay. That will happen to you as well. You might be doing a strategy for a while and you're like, this does not bring me joy anymore. This does not work. It's time to do something else, right? Kind of, or like you maybe you tried something a while ago and you're like, ugh, this was awful. And then when you re-explore it a year later, you're like, oh my God, I love this now. Like mm-hmm. me with my email marketing. I thought email marketing was such a drag before. Now it's my favorite thing in the world. And I'm like, email marketing is where it's at. And I love it so much. I get energized and excited to write my emails. Before I was like, oh, I need to write an email because I need to keep, you know, like contact with the people. And I was just, it was so draining, but now, no, I love it. So you will evolve that way as well. So always, always think of that. That's why it's so important to reflect and just kind of reevaluate because you will evolve, especially in the business landscape nowadays. We evolve so fast because everything is super fast. The new technologies, the new things that we can do. There's like a new AI thing every single day now. There's just so many things that are like dropping all the time that you can just kind of revamp the way you're doing things and find better solutions and better ways to market 
that are really aligned for you, right? You want to have your marketing strategy that works for you instead of you working for it and trying to fix and like fit in a box that just doesn't fit you in. And so, yeah, for now it's Facebook. I think it's going to be that for a while. But again, I said that about Instagram a year ago. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, Instagram, nah, that's just not my platform. Um, I do want to revamp it just to make it like a storefront, right? To have like those pinned, like I want to have like a grid, like those beautiful grids and just leave it there. So if someone finds me on Instagram, they can learn about me and then hopefully click on the link that will lead them to where I actually am, which is Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, like that's Facebook is probably uh, the best place or my website because my website is there to stay. So that's something that's stable. Um, so you'll be able to find my socials there. You will be able to find my email there, uh, my personal email if you want to talk. And again, connection calls, I find it's such a great way to get to just talk to people. It's so refreshing to just talk to people with no agenda, but to just connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those one-on-one conversations. I think that's why I love doing the podcast so much and why I love doing guest interviews which is why I had to go to two episodes per week. Cause I was like, I'm doing so many interviews. There's no solo episodes. And I didn't want to do less interviews because I just love the connection and learning from other people. And so, yeah, the, my compromise was, okay, let's do two per week. And then I can add in more solo and not like do less guest interviews. Cause I just love connecting with people too. Yeah. It's really fun. Especially when you get to connect to people who are aligned with you, it makes the business journey much less lonely because it can get quite lonely. Um, whether you have a team or not, you're still the one at the top of your business, which means you're like either you're the owner, the CEO, or like the solopreneur of your business. You're still there, you know, making most of the decisions and it gets sometimes hard, easy to fall into self-doubt. And sometimes just a quick conversation with someone can just like validate all of what's happening with you and can really change things like for me i i meet with my business buddy like um well business bestie at this point like once a week and i need that for my own sanity um Mm -hmm. and it's necessary so when you connect with other people it's just the goal is just to connect it makes such a difference because not only does it remove the pressure from you and makes it much easier to connect actually human to human but then it removes that pressure to just be like, I need to sell all the time because it is. Yeah, we do need to sell. We do need to make money. Otherwise, our business is going to crash. But if you're always, always, always thinking of every move you make needs to lead to a sale, not only is it so much pressure, but it's so disappointing because it won't always. Right. You mm-hmm. you can't guarantee what's going to happen. Whereas when you just get to connect with people, it's just kind of like that break time from always, always, always selling. Or always, always having to think about marketing, marketing, marketing. Because I love marketing. But if I'm always thinking about marketing, I mean, it's, it's exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's, no, like you want to connect with people and it helps because you get more perspective. You kind of get out of your own rut that way as well. If you're like stuck with something, it really helps just to connect with people. So come connect with me. I am I am here to connect and to just get more people um, in my world. Because it's just, it makes it, makes it so much easier when you meet those people it makes such a big difference in your business because when I first started I was so alone (laughs) and I was afraid of going on calls because I was like oh no what if they want to sell something to me and I have to say no to them because Mm -hmm. I don't need it or can't afford it or whatever reason but no like there are a lot of people who will do calls just just for the sake of connecting and you want you you see that by like you know, connection calls, coffee chats, meet and greets and stuff like that. I mean, some people might still disguise that as a sales call. You can't really always avoid it. But most of the time, you know, if it's something that's like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, usually you don't have that much time to do a sales call in there. I would mm-hmm. so you're like safe, I would say, because I'm still afraid to go on sales calls, like as a potential buyer. 
just because if someone is like, okay, I want to go on a sales call with you. I think you could benefit from that. And I want to tell you, you know, like what I'm selling to me, like I will actually go on these, but what I'm scared of is when I don't know it's going to be a sales call. And then suddenly I'm being pitched to, and I don't know how to react and you're trapped, right? Those, those are not fun, but that's not what this is about. Find those connection calls with people um, and connect and just really connect like, you know, human to human, not seller to seller. Cause yeah. that puts barriers that you just don't need. And it's just not helpful. Mm-hmm. And we have enough of that in our yep. <laughs> marketing because we have to sell. So yeah, let's, let's have something um, that is just about the pure human to human connections. Awesome. Well, this was so amazing. I could talk to you about this forever. I <laughs> feel like, so we will have all of Jade's links in the show notes for you all to go check out and connect with her. But thank you so much. This was, it was so great to, to chat with you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarareed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.